Hello and welcome to another episode of Pagan Spirituality Today. I am your host, Kaveldrada. Sitting in with me today again is Aaron. Hello. Oni is out of town this week, so it'll just be the two of us. I wanted to make a couple announcements real quick. Just talk about iTunes reviews and uh, iTunes ratings. I'd really love to see some of you guys head over there and give me a review or a rating. It helps bring the show's profile up a little bit. I've been getting a lot of you following me on Twitter and following me at Podbean. That's been really cool. I think it's been 30, 40 people in the last month or so. I do appreciate that, but the iTunes stuff goes a lot longer to getting the reach of the show further out there. So if you have some time, please do do that. Also, I have not been receiving any emails at the PST email account, which is paganspiritualitytoday at gmail.com. Would love to get some emails from you guys, hear your thoughts on the shows that we're doing, whether you agree, disagree, want to share a personal story, whatever it might be, that would be awesome. So that's enough of the announcements, I guess, for today. What we're going to talk about is kind of a hard topic to quantify encompasses a lot of different things. It's how to talk to people about your spiritual or religious beliefs. Everything from coming out to your family as a pagan, making new friends, talking to friends you've already had. Do you talk to people at work? What do you say? What are you comfortable sharing and with whom? So I'm going to start because I had a conversation just yesterday a friend of mine, a good friend, someone that I mentor for, uh, his sister was in town from another state, and he had been explaining to her kind of our spiritual beliefs and things that we do, and I don't know her at all. I have no idea what her interest level is. I met with her, and he said, she's here. Can you explain what we do and what we believe? So I had to take a couple of minutes and kind of go into it slowly because, you know, I believe in dead people and spirits and magic and all kinds of things that maybe are very far down the road for a normal person. So I try to dip my toe in a little and see what kind of a response I'm getting. We had a good conversation for about an hour and she seemed totally into everything that we were talking about, but it made me Think about this whole concept, the way that we speak to people, how open are you? And I thought that would make a good topic for today. So I'm going to turn things over to Erin to uh, talk about something that's happened in her past. I've had kind of a mixed bag. Like, I'm out to my parents about being pagan, um, and it went very underwhelmingly well, uh, I guess is the way to put it, because you hear all these stories about, like, people who are, like, thrown out of their families, or like, oh, you're you're possessed by the devil, we have to exercise you, or whatever. Right, or, or like every Christmas there's the biblical pamphlets set by your place at the table, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like some passive-aggressive thing, or whatever, but, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I know my, I knew before coming out that my dad was atheist, uh, but he was like the kind of atheist that kind of scoffs at religion, so I was yeah. concerned if anything he was just going to 
tease me yeah, or, or be like, gosh, why would you do this? And then my mom, I've always been very, I don't know her belief set. She definitely would occasionally make comments that would maybe go, okay, maybe she's clinging on to Christianity tighter than I think, but she just keeps it to herself. Yeah, she's never been really blatant about it or really clear about it. Yeah, so I was really, really concerned. And I think it was, we went down for Thanksgiving one year, me and my husband and... um. So you were an adult at that point. Yeah, I was well on my own, living here in Richmond. Uh, not maybe 100% free of them, but self-sufficient adults on my own. Um, so the fear, there was no fear of like, what if I get cut off, right? Right, right. It was... I don't want to ruin my relationship with my parents. How long had you had pagan beliefs before you talked to them about it? A good handful of years, like maybe about four or five. So you took the time to kind of be sure this was your thing before you ran out and told everyone. Because that's a trope you hear too. Like people say, I became last uh, a pagan last week and I went and I told everyone. Yeah, no, I definitely played it close to my chest. Um, back when I was still living at home, when I was much younger, a friend and I had a couple of books that we split between each other and they're admittedly like Silver Raven Wolf, not. Sure. Well, you know, very first, baby's first pagan book stuff. Right. And uh, I used to kind of hide. There should in... be a shelf <laughs> in pagan's houses called baby's first pagan yeah. book. I would love to see that. Well, and what constitutes as baby's right. first what pagan book. Right, what goes there. That would give you an idea of how people feel about different things. Yeah, like what like, goes there and what goes in the adult section. Yeah, but, uh, you know, at the time I would hide them because I was just irrationally paranoid that they would find these and be like, get out of our house or whatever, you know. So I was like hiding them between my mattress and the box spring and just way over the top than it ever had to be. Um, but, you know, we went there for Thanksgiving and I just very nervously was like, uh, uh, oh, I'm pagan or whatever. My mom looked at me and was like, so? And this very deadpan, like they were watching TV and they spared a glance and were like, and? And I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> like, I, I was super nervous because I was like, oh gosh, how's this going to go down? And then they were just like. It was anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah they were just like, so what? Like, Do you it, think you know, that they knew what that word meant at that time? I, I did because my mom, and I think she may have been hinting at me a little bit with this, like a couple of, maybe not a few months ago, maybe a year before something prior to me bringing this up. My mom, she works at a corporate office job, and I guess they had some kind of sensitivity training or something. Oh, okay. Involving people's personal beliefs. Mm -hmm. So they had a big talk about Christians believe this, Muslims believe this. And I guess Wicca had to, had gotten high enough up on yeah, this list. Yeah, it got that, a line in there somewhere. Yeah, and Wicca is a nature religion. You know, like just enough to kind of mention it and not make it sound like it's devil worship. Right. And then maybe some little light went off in your mom's head, like, this maybe is something Aaron likes. Yeah, and and we were having dinner there, and she mentioned explicitly to me that they mentioned Wicca oh, and what okay. it was. Yeah, so that seems tell... like a tipping of the hand a little bit. Yeah, so I think that might have been a, I know what's up. Or I think I know what's up. Yeah, so, so at that point I was like, okay, maybe it's not so bad if I say something. Because she didn't make any comments against that. Right thing she just matter-of-factly said oh and they told us wicca was this and it wasn't followed with but i think it's blah blah, blah. you know exactly there was no adding her own opinion she just said the thing so i kind of yeah. took that as a very subtle like maybe that's an all clear sign i wonder how common that is for parents to be so 
conservative in the sense of not sharing what they believe. Mm-hmm. Like, Trisha's dad is anti-religious. He's always been anti-religious. He's been very clear about it. Her mom is, like, marginally Catholic. Like, she went through the whole confirmation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when she became an adult, she's like, we'll go at Christmas and we'll go at Easter and we should be kind and good and probably not do any of that, you know, devil worshiping. But it's not really a thing in their household. But she knew full well where her parents stood, at least on their own beliefs. I wonder how many parents are not really that forthcoming to their kids, where you were left uh, both wondering and imagining the worst at the same time. Yeah. Because they never really gave you a sense of what they thought. Yeah, like we used to go to church, but I think we stopped going by the time I was, oh, eight. And and I I think some of that was because we moved all the time because we're a military family. I think part of it was we just don't feel like looking for another damn church. Yeah. Um, But my mom eventually, she would always say, like, God can hear me just fine at home. She's like, I don't see why I have to go to a specific building and pay a certain amount of money in order to be heard. Right. So that gave me a sense of, like, she's clearly not, like, we must do A, B, and C. She's not dogmatic. Yeah. In that sense. She is not necessarily... Believing in a set of rules set by other people, right. per se. And they used to also joke because, like, I didn't date a lot in high school, so clearly I must be in the closet about my, you know. So they was go, if you were gay, we'd still love you and stuff like that. <laughs> so I got the sense that they're also not the kind of people who are going to out. If they're not going to out me for that. Right. If I came out and said, Mom, I'm a lesbian, then they're probably most likely not going to out me from the family for not being Christian. Right. Right. So I wanted to hope. But you never know. Like, sometimes spirituality is a thing that it's so... She's so upset that I won't go to heaven in her eyes with that destroy Would that be the one thing that she felt really strong about? Cross the line. Yeah. Because you can be Christian and believe that gays go to heaven. Totally. That is totally a thing. Mm -hmm. But being a Christian and then saying, but non-Christians don't go to heaven. Right. Is a different matter all of of its own. So do you think, now that you've, you've come out and you have this understanding between your parents, do you think you can finally tell your husband that you're gay? <laughs> Only half gay. No, I mean, he, well, I don't hide anything from my husband. Because um, I don't believe in having a relationship with secrets whatsoever. I think that that puts tension between you and your significant other, and I think it's unfair to you and them. Now, how you decide to release that information and at what point exactly. you do so is up to your own discretion. But people who are like, oh, I would never tell my husband that I dated women previously. I'm like, why? Why won't you? It doesn't matter now. Well, not only does it not matter, it's it's as if you're saying there's a part of me that I know he's just not going to like. Yeah. And not even I I think it's too soon, but I I would never. Yeah. There's a difference. Like, I think... Absolutely. A difference between too soon and never. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and... and I've had friends who are like, no, I would disclose everything on the first date. I'd be like, I'm this and this and this. And if you don't like it, then get out of my life. And That's like, crazy too, though. Because that's a little overloading. Yeah, you're basically saying, if you don't take me exactly as I am before you've had feelings for me, you're not worth having feelings for. And I understand that it's kind of a defensive move. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you don't get to judge me. I'm putting it all out there. But at the same time, it's pretending that you don't feel differently about people you care about right. than people you don't. Like, you might love somebody 
and they're like, hey, when I was a kid, I got in trouble and I actually participated in armed robbery once. Well, if you've known that person for five years, you're like, wow, that's horrible. I can't believe it. But you're not that person now. Right. If you just met them, you're <laughs> like, get the hell out of here, you yeah. criminal. It's yeah. not realistic. That's not how it works. So that was kind of funny and anticlimactic, the way you talk to your parents about you know being a pagan. I actually never told my dad that I was a pagan. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I became a pagan in 89, and I was living overseas, and then I moved back to the States in 92, and 93 or 94, I lived in Boston for about six months where my dad was living, not at his house, but mm -hmm. in, in an apartment, in a room share. My God, there were six adults living in a house. It was a six-bedroom oh. house. We paid $700 a month each to rent a room in this crappy old house oh my gosh. in um, Watertown, which is not a bad area, but it was definitely like lower middle class at the time. So I went to truck school to become a truck driver, and I had intended to go back to Boston, clean out my room, but the landlord um, called my dad and said he didn't pay for a month, even though I told him I wouldn't pay for two months told my dad, you got to get all his stuff out of here. So I didn't have a whole lot of bed and whatnot, but I had all these pagan and shaman books. So my dad, like, cleaned them out of my room. And one day when I was talking to him on the phone, he's like, so I saw all these books that I moved out of your room, and they're all about paganism and shamanism and stuff. And, like, what's that about? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's just my beliefs. And, um, you know, I... I'm studying to become a priest and what I think a priest is. And he's like, well, do you mean like to have a church or like, is this a personal thing? I'm like, I don't know where that goes. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but this is what I care about. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, okay. And that was the end of it because my dad is in no way religious. Yeah. And he's not really spiritual either, but my love of mythology comes from him. Uh... There's not a mythology in the world he's not read. He has read everything. Yeah. You know, and he's also into folklore. And he's also into, like, cultural things. So, like, I learned about Joseph Campbell from my dad. I learned about comparative mythology from my dad. Yeah. Where most pagans, it becomes their 101 reading as they become pagan, if they bother to read that at all. They go back and they start reading mythology. I was reading that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. I took mythology in high school. Because it came in English elective one year. Oh, and nice. I'm like, hell yes, I'm going into that. Lucky. And we read like the really bad Bullfinch's World Mythology, which is a tiny little paperback. Mm -hmm. It's not very good. But at least it did have many different cultures in it. But, you know, my dad was just nonplussed. Because I don't think he cares one way or the other. And we're not terribly close. At that point, we were less and less close. My youngest brother... I, you know, came out to, and he ended up becoming a pagan. My oldest brother, who recently uh, died, actually, was Buddhist most of his life, but he read occult stuff his whole life. He read pagan stuff and every kind of occult and Golden Dawn and Crowley. I don't think he practiced anything, but he read everything. Yeah. So we kind of talked about occult stuff sometimes, but I never said, I'm a pagan. I'm like, that's my personal business. You live in New York City. I live somewhere else. It's not relevant. But for my whole family, like, none of them are really religious or even spiritual, per se. 
And we're just not very close. So the idea that I would share too much of my personal life um, doesn't really fit for me. But it's always I've always had the bigger problem, how do I make friends with people who aren't pagan? Because unlike, quote-unquote, normal people, I don't have normal people interests. I don't like sports. I don't have many hobbies. I don't do many things. I mean, hobby farming is one of my hobbies now, but nobody's into farming except <laughs> other hobbyists. Like spirituality, religion, the occult, magic, mythology is my primary hobby. It is my primary interest. I do like reading history, but I meet almost no one who enjoys reading history. It's just not a thing. So religion is the one thing, or spirituality is the one thing I make my friendships about. So a lot of people like you have friends from every kind of background or belief or yeah. idea. I can't seem to maintain them. I just can't um, find something that glues me together with other people. All my friends end up being pagan of some stripe or alternative religion of some stripe. So getting to know someone, and first of all, when you get older, making friends is so much harder. Man, I, the only reason I make friends is because I go to other events my friends are holding, and then you meet someone there you don't know, and then you follow them on Facebook, and, and maybe something comes from that. For every 10 people I friend on Facebook, maybe one sticks to a point where I talk to them on any level of frequency. But... Yeah, I think that's part of why we I never want to move, because I'm like, oh, God, I'd have to make new friends. And it's like, but I've got everyone here, you know. Trish and I uh, have moved four four times since we've been together. Four times to completely different cities. Yeah. And one of the reasons we're so tight is that we're a self-contained unit largely. Not entirely, but largely. We kind of rely on each other for almost everything. Spiritually, we're on the same page. Like, our interests are relatively similar. She likes crocheting. I don't. She likes certain things. I don't. I read certain things. She doesn't. But all the primary stuff yeah. we do together. But every time you move to other places, you have to meet a couple of people. Even if you're just going to go to a movie or something with them. So we start with the pagan meetups. We start yeah. with the covens. We start... At a self-selected group and then see can we be close to any of those people and the hey my friend likes your friend can we get together never seems to play out for us and I think part of it is that for some people we're too intense to no nonsense a lot of people are like like Aaron and Danny they're very relaxed people very like live and let live they're they're into a lot of different stuff they make their own fun but they enjoy other people's company too we're so different than that like it's hard for us to enjoy the company of strangers trish and i are both super introverts for for the truth the real reality we don't like meeting new people that much so it's really hard getting back to the conversation at hand today it's hard to meet someone and then say, well, I'm sort of like spiritual, like a pagan. Do you know what that is? Oh, you think that's cool? Okay, great. Like, get to know us a little while. 
Oh my god, did we not mention we talk to dead people? Like, oh, well, that's totally cool. You like it, you don't like it, but, like, that's a big part of our life. Okay, get to know us a little bit more. Oh, like, did we not mention that we belong to an initiatory society and we do ceremonies and stuff? Oh, well, sorry, but, like, (laughs) and it's how do you reveal bit by bit by bit so that a person's preconceived notion of whatever label you might be using or words that you're using doesn't get in the way of them getting to know you. But at the same time, like I want to go volunteer at Feedmore or one of these other things. Like I think about it a lot. Unfortunately, often the scheduling doesn't work, but I think about doing stuff like that a lot. But then I think when I go down there, the only thing I have in common that I know of with those folks is they like to volunteer. But I can guess, politically, we're not on the same page. Our beliefs on economics, we're not going to be on the same page. Like, there's so many things living in central Virginia, there's a good chance you don't agree on a lot of stuff. Because we are really quite progressive, quite liberal. This is not a progressive area, largely. You know, we're not afraid of big, scary words. That other people, you know, if you said democratic socialism, I lived in Germany for three years. I know what that is. Yeah. I lived in it. It's not scary at all. It's totally cool. But here, that's crazy talk, you know? Especially not just America, but Virginia, that's crazy talk. Yeah, and it's, well, you know, Richmond City proper is kind of the bastion of liberalism because it's a college town. Yeah, the city itself, but, but not the surrounding But once you leave it, counties. like, boy, the don't tread on me license plates multiply the mm-hmm. further you leave the Richmond City borders. Yeah, and it's like, I don't want to have political conversations with strangers. Like, I actually don't want to do that. I loathe them in general. Yeah, I don't want to, and I don't necessarily want to talk to people who agree with me either because it's just... An echo chamber. Right. I have my views, and I like to find ways to bring them into the real world, but it doesn't mean, like, forcing them on people or whatever. But if if religion is your primary thing, spirituality is your primary interest in life, it is the thing that defines you more than anything else. And for me, that's true. For you, that might not be true. Oni and I, it's 1,000% true. Everything else we do is secondary. Like when we met you. Like, how much do you say, even though we met you in a setting of other pagans, an open pagan event, Mm -hmm. we've been to many pagan events where we talk about the things that are meaningful to us, and it's just too much for the other pagans. They're like, I'm pagan, but that doesn't sound like anything I would like. I don't believe in that stuff. I got roped right the hell in when I saw Oni in her white. I was like, so what's that about? And, you know, so then, and then, like... We, I think we, at a, at a Yule one year, I think I talked to her for like two or three hours just about what she was doing, because I was super, super interested, but I have a a big love for Are you sure that was of, the first time? I think we've Not the before. first time, but yeah. the first time I'd seen that. Right. You know, I think I was like, oh, those people were nice. I hope they come back around. Yeah, like we didn't go that often, and there were not a lot of conversations going on, mm-hmm. so... A lot of times we didn't go because we felt like we had to lead the conversation. Mm -hmm. And when you're new to something, you don't know if people are going to like that or resent that. And so we felt like we better not go too often because we feel like we're taking up all the oxygen in the room. If anything, I think it was an air of relief because somebody would start talking 
Or like, um, I think a lot of people get nervous about starting to talk about what they believe and what they do, mm-hmm. so nobody wants to, because yeah. they're not sure if they're going to tread on anyone's toes or anything right. like that. So Or disagree or whatever. Like, it's so weird now. And I say this, folks, and I'm speaking to all of you, I say this in kindness. Pagans have become super soft, <laughs> by which I mean uh, incapable of having a conversation with each other in which we disagree respectfully, where someone's feelings are not immensely hurt. I don't think that's right. I don't think that makes sense. I understand if someone is yelling at you or putting you down or like dissing your beliefs, that's going to anger you. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that we can't just disagree at all without people's feelings being hurt. That doesn't make sense to me. See, and you know, I guess for me, it's always been more, I just don't, like, I've always had such a strong belief of what I do is me and what you do is you. So when someone says, oh, I do A, B, and C, and it's completely different from me, also sounds off the walls crazy. I'm like, that is a very interesting way to do things. I don't go, no, that's wrong. Right. Or I don't feel threatened because it's not the same as mine. Yeah, the threatened part. That's the big problem. So I just go, how interesting that you do it that way. And I let it go. I, maybe that's not a pervasive attitude of just... It doesn't seem to be. I'm so... I want to know what you do, not because I want to learn or do what you do. I just want to know. I'm right. just so nosy about other You're people's ways about of people. doing stuff. And it seems like we went to a pagan festival recently because Oni talked about on the last episode that she was initiated into a tradition called Ocha. She wanted to go and give a talk about what Ocha is at a pagan festival because it's a spiritual tradition and she thought maybe people would be into it. So we went to um, something called Mountain Mysteries Festival, their Beltane Festival, which is out near Charlottesville. And she gave a little talk there. And... We haven't been to a pagan festival in a long time. And unfortunately, it, it reconfirmed everything we remember from before. Everyone was super insular. Everybody was at their own, like, campsites or whatever. And not that many people talked to us the whole time that we were there. Like, most people were just, I don't know those people, and they weren't mean in any way. But they ignored us completely. Like, the only people that talked to us until the very end were the merchants at Vendor's Row. And even they were like, well, that comes in another size, or I could order that for you. How you doing today? And I thought, really? We're still doing this? We're still, like, clickish? But it was exactly what I remember from the last time we went to a festival. Nothing has changed. And of the, I think there was 100 people at that festival... And because you have to register for a workshop months in advance, yeah, it was on the program that she was going to do this workshop like two months before one person showed up. We drove two hours to get there. We spent the entire day for one person. Plus, we had to pay an entry fee. We had to pay $20 a piece to go to be able to do a workshop. And I thought, maybe it's the tradition. Maybe people are not interested in that or they don't know what it is. But the lack of curiosity... Yeah. was disturbing to me. See, I would have made a beeline, like, what's Ocha? I don't know what that is. I'm going to find out. Like, I would have been the one to, like, be there early and get ready. Because even if even if I don't have any intention of incorporating into what I do, I just like knowing what other people are doing. So, you know, even if I go, well, I'd never do that in my life, but that was cool to learn about. Like, you just, 
I don't know, but I like I said, I'm nosy about what other people are doing, even the if one I don't do it. Lady who came had a long-standing interest in voodoo. Yeah. Haitian voodoo, and since Ocha is sort of a, a relative, she's like, "Oh, this sounds like something I've heard of. Let me go to that." And she was super into it. I don't know. We were there for a while, and we did end up talking to some folks, some eclectic heathens. We actually ended up talking to the kindred up in Fairfax, the one oh, that yeah. Birch used to speak of. Mm-hmm. They were all there. So we talked to them for a while, at least some of them, because uh, we had discussed going up there someday, but I never knew. Like, are they heathens that are against gay people or whatever, right? Like, I'm not interested in any of that. So we did have a nice conversation with them, and they did offer for us to come sit with them. But by that point, you know, there was a lot of drinking that had gone on, and we don't hang out with people who are drinking. It's just, that's not our scene. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not our scene. So we just decided to go home. So I guess, you know, the truth is I'm saying we were not a million times welcoming either. But, like, it just seems weird when all the other people there know each other and they don't know you, but nobody tries to get to know you. I don't understand that, that whole thing that goes on in paganism. Like, if you came to an event that I'm at... And I know most of the people there, and I know we don't know you. I'm going to come over and say hi. Yeah. Just so that if we ever do this event again, you'll say, those people were cool. Maybe I'll go. Because if you come in and you're not welcomed or spoken to, you're not coming next time. Yeah. You know, things fail if people don't come next time. Well, I guess that for you, because, yeah, I have friends of every kind of faith. But if, if it is your jam, and when it's so hard to, like, I guess, connect with other pagans because either there's not events or they're not terribly forthcoming when you do meet them, you know, or maybe they go to these events, but it isn't as important to them as it is to you, and does that create a disparity, like, of how much you can talk about before they're like, yeah, but I want to talk about Game of Thrones or oh, whatever. Yes. you know. Which is a completely normal human thing. People want to talk about TV or sports or whatever like i can sit through that for about 10 minutes before my eyes glaze completely over first of all i don't care about game of thrones so that's that's here nor there i don't care about any television long enough to talk about it for more than five minutes there's nothing that has ever been created for television i care enough about to talk about tv's not interesting to me that's another problem most people get to know each other through things like that. Common interests in TV, movies, sports, cooking, those sorts of things. Yes, some common thread. Right. When you don't think Hollywood is any good, when you don't like TV, and you don't do sports, and politics is out of the question because you're in an area where most people don't agree with you, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of the openings out. But... Let's say you love exactly what you're doing. You found your own groove. You have your own coven or like study group or whatever. Why would you be trying to meet other people? You have your groove. You're not looking to expand your horizons necessarily. Uh If we don't have enough of our own groove, like we have the coven and I like it, but I wish it would grow a little bit. I wish it would be a little more dynamic. I wish we knew some more people. Yeah. That's hard to do. I mean, to be more on point with our initial conversation like you meet a person who's pagan-esque or pagan-friendly or whatever what do you say to start the conversation that isn't unloading too much 
but yet isn't pretending you're somebody else. My first blanket thing is if anyone, like, I don't bring it up first time talking to people or anything, unless something relevant arises in which I would bring up that I'm pagan. Or you're in a setting where that's assumed. Right. So, you know, to start, I have my religion listed on my Facebook page. I'm not hiding it, um, per se. Like, I'm not constantly going, like, pagan, pagan, pagan. But, like, if someone is wants to sneak Wait, wait you're look, not posting memes about Indian princesses under the moon no, every day? No, that is not what I do. But, uh, so if somebody looks at my, like, further info, they'll see it. I'm not hiding it. Um... But are you relatively public with your Facebook page? Like, you'll accept friend requests from people you really don't know. If they have enough mutual friends and I look through their stuff and it looks like they have enough in common, Okay, so I you do will. check them out a bit. It isn't like yeah. from random strangers, but it also, they don't have to be someone you've known for any length of time. Yeah, and I also have not friended people exclusively just because they're pagan. Because I've had some people who are just pagan who tried to friend me. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know your life. You know, and this is the only thing we have in common, and that's not enough for me, right? Right. Um, for me, but like, uh, I'm trying to think of situations where it's come up. Usually, it'll be they'll express some interest, like, "Oh, I love tarot cards," or "Oh, I went to see a psychic," or something of that nature. Yeah, there's an, then, there's an entry point somewhere. Or or they'll they'll say, "I saw this symbol," or whatever, and and then I'll come in and I'll go, "Oh, this is blah blah blah." I do this, da 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 da. I've learned to, and you know, then if they go, oh, that's interesting, you know, like, but I don't, I don't jump out there and go, hi, I'm Aaron and I'm a pagan, take it or leave it, you know, because I think sometimes I'd rather pleasantly surprise them so that they get to know me and go, oh, that person's really nice, and then later on they find out I'm pagan, they go, oh, well, maybe they've changed my opinions on what I think exactly. these kinds of people can be. They're not tying a label to you, that's what I was saying earlier about labels. Like, whatever label you put out into the world, um, people have their own experience of that or their own ideas about it, unless they don't know anything about it at all. And they're going to get to paint you through their experience of that label before they get to know you. And to some extent, that can be a problem. Yeah. Like, not every person in the world who would identify as a conservative politically would be someone that I would dislike. Right. But it's a label that I wonder about because there are things that fall under that label that I cannot stand. You at least get put... The defensive goes up a little bit because you're like, how conservative right. are what you? What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know? Are you physically conservative but you don't care about right. gay are marriage you, or whatever? Exactly. Are you, is it a social issue thing for you? Is it... Just a belief in an economic system. Like, right. where are you on that spectrum? Because it's a big spectrum. It is. And it's the same thing with pagan, really. Like, there's the person who says, I'm a pagan. And you say, oh, what is that? How does that function in your life? I read tarot cards. Okay, that's great. What else? No, that's it. I read tarot cards. I'm like, well, I'm not sure I would classify you as a pagan. Yeah. Like, you can classify yourself that way. I'm not taking the word from you. I'm just not sure... I would give you that label. I have an atheist friend who I think does more quote-unquote pagan stuff than some pagans I've met. Like, she she reads tarot very well. Uh, and she told me about, she's like, oh yeah, I did some chord magic for you when you told me you were doing that thing because I wanted to help you out how I could. And, and she's an atheist. I mean, she does some Buddhist stuff, but she definitely is like, there is no God. 
kind of thing, but yeah. she doesn't deny the existence of energy and movement of it and manipulation of it and that kind of thing. But So I can talk to her about that kind of stuff, and she knows it, she understands it, but we couldn't necessarily talk about deity or the divine, because she right. doesn't necessarily believe that part of it. But I mean, what if you were going to be technical, a good label for that friend is an atheistic occultist. Yeah. But people don't use that word occultist anymore. It's not a thing that is generally in circulation. And, and I think so that's because occult in general has become a very spooky, don't touch that word. Or like made fun of in the media, like creepy pasta. Ooh, the occult. Ooh, yeah, the scary sounds. People who wear robes and, and yeah. chant spooky things. Exactly. Like it's, if you're not it, it seems like a joke to yeah. everybody else. But if you are it, you don't use that label because you're like, this is my groove and I'm doing this magic and this stuff and I really believe in it and I don't need your condemnation. I don't need your uh, sarcasm or whatever. But that's what we're talking about. Atheist means no God. doesn't mean no magic. It doesn't mean no yeah. spell work. But it is, I think it is definitely commonly accepted as you're out of the game at all. Like, right. And I have a hard atheist friend who she's like, horoscopes are nonsense. I don't believe in anything that isn't scientifically proven. But she's very kind about it and won't lecture you about believing yeah. in something. It's just her belief. But then I have, I guess, what you would call... She calls herself a kind atheist, the one who does the tarot and stuff. That's her label for herself because she knows atheist comes with a harshness to some people. It is beginning to, yeah. And uh, so she's always like, I'm atheist, but I'm a kind atheist. You know, like she tries to assure people she's not coming for your religion. Right I'm not now. here to badger you. Yeah, so, you know, I, I have some friends on both sides of the spectrum and how I talk to them is different about that kind of thing. Like, my right. friend who's a hard atheist, she's still polite enough to go, how did your Yule go? Because she cares about me as a person, as a friend, and right. she knows this is important to me. Right. She's asking, like, emotionally, how did this thing you did yeah. that I think did you have a good nothing, time? but it meant something to you, how was it? And I'm happy for you for getting something out of it. Right. It's Which... almost like saying, I know you do cross-stitch, and I think it's the <laughs> stupidest hobby in the world, but did that blanket come out good? Because yeah. I know you were trying. Because you care about their successes mm -hmm. and their happiness, not... I agree with what you do. Right. So she'll, and, and she's even come out to our UPC with us because we had to go somewhere immediately after or something. And she mm -hmm. just was like, well, it makes more sense for me to just come with you for this half an hour thing. Right. Than for you to come and get me later. So, and she's like, okay, I'm going to go walk around the island and I'll just kind of glance and see if you guys are still Oh, they were doing something. a ritual that day. Yeah. And she just came out and she was like, oh, did it all go well? Okay, bye. And, you know, and she does whatever. So it's. it's that nice is so commit. much more palatable. Yeah. Than a lot of other people, when they have a hard disbelief in something, they feel that they need to actively act against the something. Yeah. I honestly don't feel like I meet that many people like that. I meet a lot of people who are into what they're into, and they're against what they're not into. You know, And I don't know if that's a coarsening of society, or if I happen to meet the wrong people, how that plays out, but... I get a lot of that. See, even though I think this is a misnomer, there are atheistic pagans now. Yeah. They're agnostic pagans. I think that's a weird label because pagan used to be a religious umbrella label. Right. Religious umbrella, not magical umbrella. Right. I understand it's flexible now, but I think it would make more sense to call yourself an atheistic Wiccan and say... 
I do the path of Wicca, but I don't believe in a personified deity. Like, Wicca does not require that you believe in personified deity. All of that stuff. Any way you slice it, those those labels become hard to kind of make fit. Mm-hmm. And well, because I, people are complex and labels are, are only so much so. And if you get to determine what the label means, and I get to determine the, what the label means to me, yeah. there's no way to make those labels useful other than a shorthand. Right. That's all they're supposed to be. But some people, I guess, it's like having a, a favorite football team. Like, you put the label of Raiders on yourself. You're a Raiders <laughs> fan. That means you're anti-everything else. Right. You're anti-Rams. You're anti-Giants. You're anti-whatever. I just wish people wouldn't take labels so seriously. Yeah. Like, I, act as if it's a definer. Yeah, I think it helps people find like-minded individuals. But like you said, as a shorthand, that's about as far as it should go. When it starts turning into you're with us or against us, it's a problem. I don't know. This is a different topic, I guess, but it kind of goes into how do you talk to other people. When you sit down, I feel like it's ridiculous. I'm being hyperbolic, but this is how I feel. When you meet a new friend, you're supposed to sit down, and then there's a third-party mediator who sits down with you. And you say, I am an eclectic heathen. And the mediator says, now, Kvaldrida, define eclectic for us. And I do. And he says, now, Kvaldrida, define heathen for us. And I do. And he says, friend possible A, define eclectic for us. Define heathen for us. And then the mediator says, okay, we agree on these points of what those labels mean, and we disagree on these points. Next thing, let's go on. Like, it's so hard, even when you think you're speaking the same language, to know that you're speaking the same language. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know what's funny is you brought up the word heathen. Uh, someone that I'm becoming closer friends with, she's kind of got this tiny little thing in her brain about paganism where she's thinking about it, and she'd like to read more. Even if she doesn't end up going that way, she just is interested and I said, she said, well, what do you do? Because she knew I was pagan, quote unquote, vaguest term possible. And uh, I said, and I did a lot of hemming and hawing. And I said, I guess, hmm, eclectic heathen would be the closest thing. Because after you've been doing it for so long, you just, it's hopeless yeah. to, to have a clean term. Unless you're part of a tradition, right, it's right. hopeless. And she said, oh, is heathen different from pagan? So she thought the words were synonymous because yeah. to her, heathen is the group term that was used by Christians to say you a non-believer. Right. So she thought heathen and pagan were both umbrella terms for the mm-hmm. same thing. And I said... And for a while they were. Yeah. And I said, no, no, typically. And I always have to add either typically uh-huh. or usually. In my experience. <laughs> typically, heathen refers to people who either or use Germanic or Norse deities. Most of the time, because <laughs> uh, I'm trying so hard not to set stone ground right. rules for what these words mean. And and then she was like, oh, what book could you recommend? I'm like, huh, hmm, uh. Well. <laughs> but uh, I said, it depends on what you're interested in, yeah, totally. where I'm going to point you book-wise. So you need to, she's like, well, I don't know. I kind of don't know anything. I'm like, uh, hmm, you know, and, <laughs> but. But she asked those questions, and I tried to answer her as best as I could, um, and hopefully gave her some more education on it. And thankfully, she was very just like, I don't know anything, and I'm an open-minded person who's just going to go, oh, okay. 
So, the book that comes to mind, I can't remember what it's called exactly. I think it's the Encyclopedia of Paganism or the World of Paganism. It's by Higginbottom, mm-hmm. uh, husband and wife team. I just remember their last name is Higginbotham. But it's so good because it has like this tiny heathenism thing and this tiny shamanism thing and uh, this tiny traditional witchcraft and this tiny Wicca and this tiny eclecticism. And it's just a one book that says, hey, there are 31 flavors yeah. in this thing that people call paganism. Like it's the, the best here you go I've ever seen for the I have no idea what exists. I have this very, very small book called Pagan Ways that I got at Barnes & Noble ages ago. I think I've seen that book. It is the most blanket statement basic book I I have found. So I tend to give that as a first book because it's short. Yeah. And it's not intimidating to look at. And it does a lot of nature. Some people use a triple goddess kind of stuff. So it keeps it super, super, super basic. I know, but the funny thing is... In the 27, 8 years or whatever that I've identified as pagan, the whole nature thing has become less and less and less real as part of what pagans do Mm -hmm. from the people I meet. Now, they all do festivals and cycles that are based on natural stuff, but the pagans I know never go outside. (laughs) They don't garden. They don't hunt. They don't do... Anything, anything different than any other suburban American. Mm-hmm. And you ask them, hey, around Ostara, what should be blooming? Oh. What vegetables are in season at this time of year? Oh. To be fair, I'm pretty terrible about that, too. Can I know, but that I'm, I'm not, it's not an accusation. Yeah. It is uh, something I became aware of. In yeah. the beginning, my beginning, uh, late 80s. When you called yourself a pagan, people are like, oh, well, you know you need to start learning herbs. Well, you know you need to start, like, finding out about the cycles of nature where you live. When does the sun go up? When does the sun come down? What are the planting times? And they didn't think everyone should become a farmer. They just thought people should know. If we're doing a cycle of nature religion, how is it we're not learning about cycles of nature? Yeah. And somewhere along the way, there became a huge divide in paganism. Those who still follow that track and think it matters, and about the other 80% that think it's an idea and a symbol, and its reality is not at all relevant. When people say paganism is a nature religion, I tend to usually go, eh, not really. For most people who practice it, it isn't real. It's more the idea of nature exactly. and the natural order. And right. Symbolically, it's a nature religion. Yeah. Or the concept of cyclical things. Right. But actual nature? Not really. I've been meaning to... There's a person I follow on Tumblr, and they keep a, a journal of local flora and fauna and record it. And anything they don't know, they go and look it up. And I keep meaning to go, like, that's a good idea. I should do that so I'm at least aware of what's growing in my area and understanding. And and I, cause I feel like that would help build a connection with your earth is. Yeah. So I guess it depends on like what you're looking for and, and your but relationship totally. with that. Yeah. But that's one, that's why I felt we needed to have this hobby farm. Yeah. Because when we moved here, I was as suburban as anyone. I'm like, I don't know one plant from another. I don't know one tree from another. I don't know when things grow, when do things start to sprout. I said, that's not good enough for me. 
And the fact is, there are many, many people, billions of people who know a million times more than I do. But I know a lot more than I did. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was important for me to grow up a little. I don't mean every person needs to know about nature. I mean, if I kept saying nature, it's not supposed to be a metaphor. Like, I'm supposed to actually know something. Mm -hmm. Because Oni knows a lot of plants and trees and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea how she knows these things. (laughs) She just does. She's always known them. We'll go and we'll see a flower I've never seen. And she'll be like, oh, that's a begonia. I'm like, okay, how do you know that? (laughs) I just do. Or she'll be like, oh, that's a lupine. Like, we used to have tons of lupines when we lived in Washington State. Which are gorgeous, by the way. They're huge, tall, conical, like bell flowers all around the stem they're gorgeous and we ended up planting a bunch of lupines but they grow naturally there in the neighborhood where i lived she immediately knew everything in our yard because the people who had lived before us had landscaped a lot so there was tons of flowers and this and that i mean she knew that the the apple tree in our yard was an apple tree by the leaf she knew the cherry tree was a cherry by the leaf long before they ever had fruit i'm like how come She's like, it's not paganism, it's me. I'm interested in these things, so I know these things. I'm like, yeah, but I say I'm a pagan. Shouldn't I know something? And I never really did it. And moving here, not to Virginia, but to this farm, was the first time I actually participated in stuff. Started to see the cycles in a daily way that actually affect my life, where I have to think about my livestock. Oh my God, it's going to be 20 degrees tomorrow. What do I need to do extra to take care of them? Oh, it's going to turn hot in a month. What things do we need to do to get ready for those changes? It's more livestock than plant. But nonetheless, I am so much more involved in cycles of nature in an actual day-to-day way than I ever could have been the way I lived before. Even if it's not for everybody, for me, it helped a lot. It helped me take... All these cycles we talk about out of the metaphorical and put them into the literal. Mm -hmm. But again, I understand it's not for everybody. Yeah. We've overcome it largely. We have air conditioning. We have heating. We have homes. We have cars. We don't have to fight it all the time. So it's not the same. Our ancestors a thousand years ago were nature worshippers because it was their life. Yeah. It was day to day. They literally lived and died by... Totally. You know. We can't recreate that unless we want to become Mennonite Unless you pagans. really want to. Yeah. You'd have to become like an Amish pagan or something. And Gosh, is that a thing? It might be. I'm not there's sure a, the Amish part people, is, but the back to the nature. Off, to, yeah. off the grid and, and that kind of thing. So there's yeah, probably totally. some pagans out there that are definitely totally. like all the way. Especially like pagans who became pagan in the 70s or early 80s, Mm. back in its hardcore echo movement, who just have not liked the direction society has taken. I mean, I could totally see people like that living off the grid, doing their own organic thing. I need air conditioning. Oh, God, yes. So, you know, having a lot of art friends, I think, made it easy enough that if you said you were this or that, they were like, "Mm, whatever. Because everyone was doing their own weird thing in college, and it's yeah. it's whatever. But, you know, I definitely, occupationally-wise, I work in two different, very conservative environments. And I don't make it anyone's business what I do yeah. in those environments. And, and, and it might be hyperbolic to say out of fear for my job, but 
with one of them, I've had like enough of, well, I guess it's, I can be big enough saying I teach in an, a conservative environment mm-hmm. and I am afraid that if people found out I was pagan, like the students, if there's enough of them that are upset by that, right. they could tell someone above me and maybe I get pulled because I make well, students uncomfortable. Because you teach on a contract, you have no guaranteed right. employment. I'm not tenured. Right. You have to continually re-up that arrangement yes. every semester. So I'd be afraid. So you could easily be replaced with somebody else for any reason. Yeah. If you were homosexual, if you were whatever, they could just say, no, nah, we don't want this person. Mm-hmm. We want someone else. And and my coworker, the one who's actually the friendly atheist, uh, but the hardcore one, she, she works up there too. And she's actually told students she's atheist. But I feel like, I feel like it's worse to be pagan than to be atheist for some people. Cause not, Certainly amongst younger people. Not believing in something is one thing. Mm-hmm. But believing in something that may be antithetical to what someone's been raised to understand I'm concerned that you worship the devil. Even if you don't think you do, you do. It's weird, but it's you like know. saying, if I were a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, you're an atheist. I'm like, oh, bless your heart. You're so wrong, and you're... You'll you're, come around. You're pig-headed. You'll come around. But if you say, I'm a pagan, you're like, whoa, you. Now you are a danger, and you're right. spreading this to kids, and you're, the devil is working through... Like, yeah, it's it's being... Being for something is worse than being not something. Right. So I definitely, in that environment where I teach, I'm pretty close-chested with my beliefs. I definitely try to push an image of tolerance. Like when some students are like, well, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, everybody's life is different and yada, yada. And I try to like mediate a moderate viewpoint in my environment so that I don't enjoy people who say like, well, you know, such and such people are weird and don't deserve to exist. I'm like, that's not okay. We need to, don't do that. But I'm not going to come out and say, well, I'm A, B, or C. Right, right, Because, right. A, now I have an uncomfortable relationship with that student for the rest of the semester, and that's mm-hmm. just dandy. And B, you know, I just don't think it's any of their business, and I don't want them to maybe give me a hard time because they know something about me now. Right. Because this isn't a job where I'm working customer service, and I see that person for a minute and they're gone. Right. I have to deal with these people for a semester. So if they don't like me because of my religion... It's a and problem. these days with like rating teachers on online yeah. websites and the, surveys, there's, and, there's yeah. things that matter. It, it can affect your job performance. And they could be like, I felt uncomfortable in this classroom because of the beliefs of the teacher. Right. And if too many of those happen, I could very likely look at. Or they being could even go. just like pretend that knowing your beliefs was you pushing them. Right. But like at my job, you know, I'm blue collar 100%. And even though technically we're Fortune 500. And we allegedly have all these HR policies that would prevent anyone from discriminating against me based on my religion. That stuff doesn't actually work in real life. No. Nobody comes up to you and says, you're a good driver and your performance reviews are what we want, but you're a filthy pagan, so we're going to have to let you go. (laughs) It's just not how it works. You know, if somebody holds stuff like that against you, it is almost impossible to prove. Yeah, and not even necessarily being fired, but not getting the promotion you wanted. Anything. Not getting the route change you want. Not getting any kind of compensation you could have gotten. Yeah. Because I do a driving job, too, and I worry if people found out. And I'm kind of playing a game of roulette because I do wear my Mjolnir necklace around, and I just bank on them not knowing. Or not bothering to ask. Uh, But maybe no one decides to cover my runs when I need time off. Right, there's that. 
or, you know, just a harder time in my environment that I don't want because I've already been approached by one person who's made me uncomfortable about religion. I don't want more. And a lot of the people at your work are considerably older even than me. Yeah. They're my parents' age, which would be your grandparents' age. Yeah, everywhere from like 40s to 80s. And it's funny because I think at, at this job where you are now, someone came up to Oni and said, oh, you're a good witch or something. And she does not do anything or wear anything that should indicate to anyone. And she assumes it was a joke. But the word witch was applied to her yeah. at work. And she's like, oh, well, as long as you think I'm a good witch. And she just played it off like that, like nothing. Yeah. And she, I don't think she would hide it if someone directly asked her. Right. But she doesn't go up to people and say this or that or the other. Yeah, I don't think I, don't think I have it in me to lie. Like if someone said, what? Now, I do, I will admit I do lies of omission. Maybe like, a little obfuscation. Yeah, so, like, I have, for people who cannot see, I have a Hamsa, which is a ward against the evil eye, tattooed on my sh- uh, ankle-ish area. And I one think the... they call that a Hand of Fatima in other traditions. Yeah. Because so... I didn't know it as a Hamsa. I knew it as Hand of Fatima. Okay, I've always heard it as Hamsa. Because it's a general Middle Eastern Hebrew thing. So, mm-hmm. depending on where you learned it from, I'm sure it's got different names. But uh, one of the drivers saw it because my socks sit kind of low. Because I don't pull them up because it look dorky. And uh, he said, what is that? And my answer was, oh, it's a super, you know, it's like a, a superstition thing. You have, your, have you been to a Greek restaurant and seen those little eyes, the blue eyes? Yeah. Well, it's like those. It's a word against the evil eye. It's something that... Which is, is true. Yeah. No, not lying. But I'm definitely trying to make it as this is a cultural thing as possible. Yeah. And say, oh, you know, it's from the Middle East and Hebrew belief. They've got them in both. And Although the funny thing they're is, they're a popular thing to see around. The funny thing is, for you to say, "Well, it's from the Middle East and Hebrew belief," a lot of Americans, particularly older Americans, would go, "Oh, she's a Jew." Like immediately, they're going to label you. The fact that you know anything right. Hebraic, they're like, "Oh, she's a Jew." Of course, and, like, and it's weird, but that almost works to your favor to some extent <laughs> to let them assume as assume much. whatever they want to assume. Because I'm still an Abrahamic faith, which means I'm still safe. Yeah, to and, them. and they can, literally, it seems like so many people are just looking to check off a box. Yeah, they need I don't, to know. I don't know you. What box do you fit in? Because White, mm-hmm. Hebrew, artist, like, whatever. One box satisfies you and they're done with you, if you're not friends or whatever. And, and I think, especially for religion, for some people, that could change their opinions of your morality mm-hmm. scale. Yes, and they'll go, oh, you're a Christian, you're defaultly good, which mm-hmm. is a horrible thing to assume about anybody, but mm-hmm. it definitely is a, we're in the same club, I can assist, expect a certain level of behavior if you say A, B, and C. So if I told them, you know, they don't see, I have a, a tattoo of Horus on my shoulder, or upper arm, uh, and I wear short sleeves, I can't wear tank tops at work because I don't want to deal with that. But uh, if they saw it, that turns into a whole new thing, but maybe they yeah. just, I just go, I like Egyptian culture, which I do. Right. It, um, it's not that hard. Like people have tattoos that are not about anything. Yeah. With a tattoo, it seems easier, especially now with how many people have sleeves and full tattoos. Well, especially in tattoos. Yeah. Because ta- Richmond is a super tattooed place. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily, unless it's a giant 
pentagram tattoo <laughs> or the devil eating a Christian baby <laughs> and it's got a little like sign saying Christian baby. It's, like it's it doesn't not, have to mean anything. It's not Baphomet on my arm. Right, it's, right, exactly. It's and you know, I, I think Egyptian stuff has a bit of an in vogue thing too. Yeah. Like you see people get the eye of Horus who maybe don't believe in anything totally. to do with Horus, but it's a thing that is trendy and and which breaks my heart. But uh what was I going to say? The, you know, the Mjolnir. If someone asked me what this was, I would say it's the hammer of Thor. And I wouldn't elaborate. Unless they pushed me to. And if they said, oh, why do you wear it? Well, I have a cultural history. My my family is German. Or whatever. Like, there's ways I could play it off. But if they came out and said, is that part of your religion? Right. I'm not going to lie. But I'm not comfortable. I would be super uncomfortable explaining it because now I'm out. Yeah. Now exactly. the target's painted on my back, and and even if that target is just a mild, well, she's kind of weird. Now I've just made my job slightly more difficult. Right. Even like from the blue collar point of view, I mean, I guess a lot of you listening are probably in that blue collar world. But for those of you who aren't, the razzing is the big thing. Yeah. It isn't that anyone's gonna hurt you or take anything from you or beat you up in the dark alley. It's just who wants to hear nonsense jokes all the time? Yeah. Who wants to be the focus of any form of negative attention when being out, in my opinion, does nothing for me? It helps me in no way. Right. It isn't as if I assume my workplace is filled with proto-pagans just waiting for their opening. There's a thing called the internet. <laughs> you don't need to ask your coworker. If they've ever heard of paganism, you type it in the Google and you're going to find out a lot of stuff. Yeah. 30 years ago, it was different. You had to ask someone. Have you ever seen the bumper stickers on cars? Want to be a Mason? Ask one. Yeah. For their little recruiting bumper sticker. Because the only way you can join Masonry is through a Mason. That's one of the things that's still not, like, they would never put that on the internet. I'm like, here's an application online. Exactly. It's, it's Their thing is... You have to come through someone. There's a right. gatekeeper. Paganism doesn't have a gatekeeper. No one needs me to be out at work to have access to something. Yeah. And I feel like it only can be an annoyance to me. It cannot possibly help me. My workplace is not saying we need a Muslim, a Jew, <laughs> a Christian, a pagan, and somehow that helps me. It doesn't help me. And I, it. For me, it's personal. It's no one's business unless I want to share it. Right. In the same way that being a little older than you, I don't go around talking about my sexuality or my experiences with other people or whatever, where a lot of people I know under 30 can't stop talking about their sexuality or what they've done or with who or where. I'm like, what makes you think I care at all or want to know any of this? But, like, it's not, it's not a shame thing for me, but in my generation, there was still, like, a you don't talk about certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm past that from my own point of view, but it's like, it's still private. Why would you share that? I feel the same way about my religion. It's still private. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed in any way. I just don't think it's your business. Yeah. You have to give me a reason for it to be your business. I, I definitely try to be judicious about... When I decide to tell people and if it's worth telling someone, but I don't go out of my way to hide it either. 
So I don't know. I have hope that that younger people will let some of this go, some of this intolerance go. I think we're starting to see a little bit of it. I am not actually that interested in paganism becoming like mainstream accepted. I think it's actually gone too far already. And I know a lot of people will say, what do you mean gone too far? I think what I mean by gone too far is the Llewellynization of everything. What I mean is the watering down of everything to a meaningless nothing. Mm -hmm. Where the word pagan has gotten to a point now where it actually doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. If you can say you're a pagan because you like tarot cards, it has lost all meaning. Almost like we need a new word. Yeah, I've definitely run into people that go, oh, I'm pagan. I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, no, I don't go that far. And I'm like, but it's not even that far, I'm asking. Right, like what... What is the word that defines the thing that you have chosen to put a label on? If it is, I like... I've had people say they're pagan because they watch ghost adventures. (laughs) Or because they like paranormal reality shows. I'm like, that's not a thing. Your television preferences do, do not make you a thing. Conversely, I have a friend who calls herself an animist because she believes in, you know, everything has a spirit and things have a their own... Uh, there's Life a sacredness force. to them and mm-hmm. yeah and she actually goes I'm nervous about going to pagan events because I feel like I would be an imposter and I would feel rude going because I don't have these certain because I'm beliefs. a poser yeah and it's funny because she's probably got more going for her than some of who will go to those events not that it, there going needs to for be in the sense of she has a firm set of beliefs that would fall under a pagan label right by most people's definition right yeah, because she does a lot with land spirits, and but she doesn't do any deity work. She doesn't do magic. Sure. She just has a hell of respect for the earth and the things inhabiting it, right. and that there are spirits in these things. And I'm like, well, I don't see why it's a problem for you to go to. I know that's a event. crazy conversation because the people who light a candle that they buy in an occult store that says it will bring them money, and that is all they do magically or spiritually are firmly believing that they're pagans. I have paid for candles and lit them. I am a pagan. (laughs) It's like, maybe, I guess, but because your belief that the candle could work suggests that you're a pagan. You believe in some sort of magic. But even that is like pushing the limit of the concept, right? Like, It's definitely as shallow as a shallow end can get. Like... Your toes are a little damp, shallow in. Which is fine. Maybe that leads them further down the way or whatever. But it, it definitely, there can be problems with the term pagan meaning almost too much. Because then it's like, you almost have to do a second run of, I'm pagan, I'm pagan. Okay, but what kind though? Like, right, then you've got to start, you? you get this flow chart out of words. And yeah. you say, check all the words that apply <laughs> yeah. to you. And they're like, yes, no, 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 yes, no. And then you have to give them like a 20-page sort. All of a sudden, they're like on Match.com. They have to fill out the 20-page survey yeah. so that you have any idea what they're talking about. Yeah. What they what they mean by what they're talking about. It's, it's definitely um, a blessing and a curse. I wish I could create my own language and hand out a dictionary. Not the pagan dictionary. My pagan dictionary. <laughs> Just... Well, we've gone quite a long while today, and uh, it turns out we didn't talk quite as much about talking to other people as I had anticipated. But I'm talking think, to other pagans than anything else. Right, right. But at the same time, I think we had a good conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it was informative. 
what I really hope is that it sparks some conversation from you talking back to us, emails, comments on Podbean, uh, comments on iTunes, ratings, any of that stuff would be great. Oni is going to be back probably for the next show. But for now, uh, for Oni, for myself, and for Aaron, I just want to say blessings to you all. Peace, and we will talk to you soon.